This episode of the Chats by Rotaract Australia podcast is sponsored by Rotary International District 9650 in New South Wales, Australia. This district takes in a large part of northern New South Wales and is home to Rotaract clubs, Rotary clubs and a handful of Interact clubs. The district has a, has a large focus on supporting and promoting emerging leaders and this year is focused on celebrating all the things that make Rotary and Rotaract so special. You're listening to Chats by Rotaract Australia, where we bring Rotaractors together to inspire, educate and collaborate. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Chats by Rotaract Australia podcast. My name is Laura Telford. I'm the Acting Chair of Rotaract Australia, and I'm delighted to bring you the second part of our chat with past international president and proud Rotaract ambassador, Barry Rasson. Um, so there's a lot of talk about regionalisation uh, projects uh, in Australia, but I guess around the world. Um, the idea is trialling a new flatter structure for leadership beyond the club level. What opportunities do you see from a new structure that makes leadership accessible for young people? What we're recommending in the new structure, that there's a lot of differences in this new structure, um, but I'll try to focus on that particular point. First of all, we create a level on the chart that shows Rotaract and Rotary Club a level, a level with each other. And the next level up is a, is a section leader who is responsible for a small number of clubs. Could be 10 clubs, could be 20 clubs. And that's not just Rotary Clubs or just Rotaract Clubs, it's both. So whoever gets that job as a section leader is going to work with clubs. And in some districts where there's very few Rotaract clubs, it's going to be a little skewed toward Rotary. But in areas where there's a lot of Rotaract, then they're going to have a greater opportunity to, to work with a leader to help them develop and help them grow. That being said, we also want the clubs to be the ones who elect these leaders, not the nomination process that we have now where a group of five past governors decide who does everything. What we want to do is have the clubs have a say in that. And we want the Rotaract clubs and the Rotary clubs both to be able to be part of that vote. Not only that, we want the Rotaract clubs, sorry, Rotaractors to be eligible to be voted to be a section leader as well, or to be on the regional board that oversees a much larger region than districts do today. So we want the Rotaractors to be at the table of the board, and we want Rotaractors to be leaders over a mix of clubs, Rotary clubs as well as Rotaract clubs. That doesn't necessarily go, go, uh, go well in some cultures, okay, uh, in all honesty. It's just, it's very new, it's very different, and um, seniority is very powerful in some cultures around the world. So that's something we have to work with and talk about. But, we are making progress. But the concept of shaping Rotary's future is that Rotaractors have equal access. And if they only represent 10% of, of that section, then they're probably only going to get 10% of the recognition to be a leader. Okay, grow Rotaract and get bigger, and you've got a bigger say. It comes down to votes at that point. But there lies the opportunity for Rotaractors to really get more into leadership, we also changed the role a little. So it's some district governors, I don't know how they do the job. 
I'm not sure they know how they do the job. It's it's too complex. There's too many programs. There's too much they're trying to do. So we take all the administration away from the leader over the clubs and put that into the regional board. And the section leader, then their job is to motivate and help clubs to, to understand what they need and then to help them get the resources they need. So it's an easier job, if you will, I think more powerful, but easier and less time consuming. And therefore, we believe young professionals will have a greater opportunity to participate in those leadership roles. So it's a major change and it's it's going to be a long time coming. Uh, your part of the world is the first ones who are brave enough to venture into a pilot program. Um, and we're still not there yet, but we are in a lot of communication in Australia, New Zealand, the Pacific Islands to talk about how this is going to work on a detail level. I can tell you here the overview, but then you get into the detail of how does it affect me as a rotoractor? How does it affect me as a return? Those are questions we're in the process of answering to help everybody understand. That takes time. And uh, I mean, I've been to at least 12, I would guess, 12 to 20 hours of communication so far with your region of the world, just talking about how this could work so we can get as many groups as possible. But Rotaract is one of those groups that need to be involved in the process. Definitely. And I know I personally have been uh, in a number of sessions with yourself and, and other Rotaract leaders um, across yeah, Australia, New Zealand and the Pacific Islands. So look, I think it's a work in progress, but are you able to just contextualise that a little bit I guess, globally, is this happening in other places around the world as well or just Australia and New Zealand? Australia, New Zealand, Pacific Islands will be the first island. Great Britain and Ireland is already making some changes going in that direction, if you will. They've already changed their board of directors to be more regional. Um, so that's a part of it. We've got two groups, which is four zones in the United States that want to take parts of it or to be a pilot. So working with them, those are the ones who are closest, but I've had Brazil wants to be a pilot. Italy wants to do a pilot. France wants to do a pilot. There's other interests, but then we have to look at what, are the, what does it cost to do a pilot like this? And that's an interesting challenge because now you have to run the traditional with the districts just as they are, as well as running a completely different structure. So there is a cost. And we're having a hard time coming up with exactly what that cost would be. And if we come to the board that it's going to be millions of dollars, they're going to say no. They have to, they have to do their due diligence on how they spend money. So right now, that's kind of where we are with the pilots as to what can it really cost? What can the volunteers do instead of paid staff, which would save us a lot of money? Any events that is going to happen in the region the volunteers, in my opinion, could run the events. We do now. We don't need staff to help us. So cut that part of the budget out. So right now we're looking at all the numbers, trying to come up with the true cost of actually doing the pilot. The lower it is, the more pilots we could, we could actually do. Uh, but you guys have been working for three years, uh, putting together planning and discussions. And I, mean, I really have a great respect for your regional planning team. I think they've done a fantastic job and they working with us to blend their original thinking with our thinking so that we're all going down the, the same road, which is important. That being said, we still can make adjustments 
as we go. It's a pilot. You learn from a pilot. And by getting rotor actors involved in that, I think we're going to learn how to integrate the two better than we have in the past as well. I think that's going to be a real part of the benefit of what we do. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we as rotor actors at the moment, we're pushing to have a, a bigger voice on those regionalization committees uh, from across Zone 8 so that we can, you know, hopefully help really inform those conversations uh, so it can be as representative as possible. So thinking a little bit more about your journey through Rotary so far, what has been some of the personal benefits for taking on new and, and more challenging leadership roles? I have a master's degree in, in business and, and healthcare administration. You would think in a master's degree, you learn leadership. Reality is I learned leadership from my Rotary Club and from my district. And the way Rotary works, and sometimes we joke about it more than uh, anything else, but the way Rotary works is people ask you to take on a job but they're really not asking you. They're telling you you're going to do this. Um, yeah. <laughs> I became secretary because somebody dropped out. And, okay, you're going to be secretary. I said, I, what do I know about being secretary? Don't worry about it. You can do it. And I think a lot of Rotary works that way, especially at club and district level. Um, but by being a leader, whether it was a, a committee chair or running a program and having to get volunteers to support you and do the work you need done to be successful with enthusiasm, that takes leadership. And that's where I learned about the skills of leadership. So, I mean, I told you I was an introvert and here I am able to have this conversation with you. Rotary did that for me. So it's, it's helped me on a personal development with, with getting out of my shell. It's helped me with leadership skills that I, I am very comfortable in working in a leadership position of any kind because of what Rotary has forced me to do. I mean, become district governor. I thought they were crazy when they asked me if I would be a district governor. My district has 10 countries on 15 islands. I'm running a hospital. In fact, at that point, I was about to build a new hospital. How can I possibly do that? And again, they said, you can do it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Okay. So I did, and I got it done. And Rotary has been an incredible benefit to me as an individual. I mean, I, I will always say that I owe Rotary for how I got to where I am today. I had no desire to be president of Rotary International. That was never even crossed my mind. I'm, I'm a little island boy from the Bahamas. How could I ever be president of a billion-dollar organization? But my friends said, no, you put your name in. You know, you never know you can do it. So I did. And first time I didn't get it. And then I, I said, all right, I tried. That was it. And then a year later, I was, I didn't really have much of a choice. I had to put my name in again. Um, and this time I did a better job on the interview. Um, but just, I, I, I cannot thank Rotary enough for what they've done for my personal development, my leadership skill development. So who do you look up to? Who inspires you? Well, it's always been a difficult question for me. Um, I, I find certain individuals have certain qualities. It's hard to find an individual that has the whole spectrum of, of leadership qualities. What I like is an individual who 
is always honest, no matter how difficult that is sometimes. I look up to a person who is themselves and is willing to say, hey, I did that wrong. I could have done it better or apologize when they do do something they shouldn't have. Um, I respect people who, who work hard at everything they do, even if it's not really in their wheelhouse. I hope that's an expression. But mm-hmm. people who work hard, people who take on whatever they need to do, people who loyalty is extremely important. I, w- I want to work with people who have a loyalty and not a blind loyalty that you, yes, sir, I'll do whatever you say, but a loyalty to say, no, that's, we could do it better this way. And, and people who listen to that, that's a leadership quality that I think we see too little of. And the problem is most of us, the leaders we see mostly are, are politicians. <laughs> I don't want to bang all kind of politicians, but you know, they don't always give us the kind of skill set we need. Uh, what we need is leaders who are who have those other qualities that I mentioned. So a number of persons, luckily, who I kind of grew up with in Rotary, certainly uh, showed me the way to do those kind of, to get those kind of skills, because I realized how important they are. And so you talk at clubs uh, all around the world. What is your message to Rotarians and Rotaractors uh, in the collaboration space? The first thing is we've got to have a relationship with each other, okay? We've got to know each other. We've got to listen to each other. And both of us, the, 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 the old folks like me, we've got the experience. We've got knowledge of Rotary for the most part. We've developed these leadership skills over time. So we bring that to the table. What our young professionals bring to the table is an enthusiasm, an understanding of today's world, a creativity, because they're new to it and they're not not tampered by, this is the way we always did it. They come with new ideas. And what I really like is that they have no patience. And that sounds bad, but they want it done now. And, And I always smile when I hear them because they always say that. Why can't we do rotary needs to change? Why can't we do this now? The reality is changing rotary now is, is difficult. Uh, but uh, you know, the changes we've made in rotary is actually really fast for rotary. It's only been two years, and look how much we've changed. That doesn't normally happen. So so we can make change, uh, but we need that kind of enthusiasm for it. But but the rotary and the rotaractor need to bring all of those skills together and, and just listen to each other hear each other. By doing that, we get a respect for each other. When you've got a respect, now you're developing uh, a relationship. And once you've got a relationship, why wouldn't a Rotaractor join that club? Because now they know them. They feel comfortable around. And that's what Rotarians didn't do for a long time. We didn't try to make anybody comfortable around us. We just did our thing. That's what needs to change on our side. And Rotaractors just need to have a little more patience to deal with for those of us who've been around a long time, we bring some of those compromises together, which doesn't make major difficulty for either side. Then we're truly talking about collaborating. And once we get to that point, there's nothing that can stop us. So what makes you hopeful for the future? Honestly, our our young generation, um, I think, I see it here in, in my own country, the, the young generation, the young professionals, 
they they want to do things right. They don't want to do them politically strapped. And I think they're seeing a better path for countries that would allow them to be more honest with the populace. They're being hampered because the older politicians don't let them in. And that's that's a shame. But I think that's slowly going to change because they have no choice. The population wants to see new and different ideas, and the young people have those. So I'm, I, I truly believe that while our world is, is a mess right now between climate change and COVID, the pandemic, um, it's, it's, we're a mess. Um, but we'll get through it. You know, we do. As individuals, as people, as humans, we are resilient and we know how to get through a crisis. And this is going to take a lot longer than anybody had hoped, unfortunately. But we'll get through it. We're learning from that. I mean, look how much Rotary has changed with hybrid meetings and, and Zoom meetings. And, I mean, I never, why didn't we do this 10 years ago? If, if we'd only thought there's a lot of meetings that we would save money, we'd be more efficient, we'd share ideas, we get the job done faster. Why didn't we do that? Because we didn't think about it. And, you know, but now we've seen it. We know how it can help. It doesn't happen to everything. I still like to go to an in-person meeting and see my friends. But to have a, a meeting, we could do that on Zoom. So let's do more of that, save some money, and that money goes to doing more service. I mean, there's a lot of good things that are going to come out of this pandemic that we're in. And so I, I'm, I'm very hopeful for the future. Uh, I've always been an optimist, so um, that's just me. And look, you know, I think another thing is, you know, we've been able to connect with Rotarians and Rotaractors all around the world. You know, five years ago, I don't think it would have been possible for me to chat to you early uh, one morning my time and one afternoon your time uh, to be able to have these conversations. So, you know, as much as there's been misery and, and destruction and sadness, you know, there there has been moments of light as well. And so my final question to you is, what is your one piece of advice for Rotaractors? Think of Rotaract as a journey. That you came into Rotaract and you're, you're with people of a similar age, so you got to know Rotary and, and you got to see firsthand how Rotary as an organization is changing the world. But it's only doing that because of individuals in Rotary. You, as Rotaractors, you don't want it to be too expensive because you're starting life, you're starting a job, you're starting a family. You can't afford to spend a lot of money on administration. You don't want it to be boring. You always want it to be exciting. I understand that. You want to have fun. Guess what? So do we. So we have similarity there. Maybe the fun is different, but it's still we want to have fun. But at the end of the day, what I always hear from Rotaractors is you want to change the world. You want the world to be a better place and you want to be a part of making that happen. There's no other organization on earth that's changing the world from a positive standpoint as Rotary International is. And that's what you need to focus on. Don't focus on the little personality things and the little odds and ends that they disrupt all of us at some point in time. But when that happens, just look above it. Step up and say, no, I'm focused on being part of an organization that can truly eradicate polio off the face of the earth. Nobody else can do that. We can. And you want to be a part of that because it's, 
you know, we always say it's Rotary International, but it's not. It's it's the 1.5 million individuals who make up this organization that make that happen. I want to be a part of that. I think every Rotaractor wants to be a part of that. That means you stay on the journey when you're move, ready to move on from Rotaract. And now it doesn't have to be a 30 whenever you're ready. When you move on, move into a Rotary Club. If the Rotary Club needs help to be a better club, then help them be a better club. Don't be scared of that. Don't be shy. We're ready to listen, Most, mostly, not all, but mostly. So be strong, be patient, and keep that creativity and keep that enthusiasm, and you will make the world a better club. I love all of those. So thank you so much, Barry, for chatting to the Chats by Rotaract Australia podcast today. Um, I think it's been a really exciting and innovative chat, and I hope that our listeners are taking something or many somethings away uh, to to go and do exactly that, uh, you know, be the inspiration and, and be the change that they want to see in the world. Don't forget to subscribe to Chats by Roderick Australia on your favourite podcasting channel and like, share and comment on the RA socials.